Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 26? In just a few moments, we're going to be reading from verses 1 through 5. But I want to talk to you today about the miracle of a seed. How many of you realize that a full-grown redwood tree will produce 6 to 8 million seeds each year? But the seeds are so tiny that it takes a million seeds to measure up to 8 pounds. A million seeds will weigh 8 pounds. The height of a redwood tree, typical height, is 250 to 300 feet. Some of the taller redwoods will reach up to 325 feet tall. There is enough wood in one redwood tree to build 40 five-room houses in one tree. The diameter is up to 30 feet. The circumference of a redwood is up to 94 feet. So if you take a rope and and you walk around, you're going to have to walk 94 feet to go the whole way around that tree. As far as the weight of a tree, they weigh as much as 4,000 tons. 4,000 tons. During a person's lifetime, if you would happen to want to plant a redwood tree, a redwood tree can grow from 120 to 150 feet in a person's lifetime. It's so amazing what one small seed can produce. Can you imagine a tree with a diameter 30 feet? It's just unbelievable. And can you imagine that it takes a million of those seeds to make eight pounds? So those seeds are very small. It's incredible the miraculous potential that's in a seed. Now, typically when you hear preachers talk about seeds, what do you think they're going to talk about? For some folks, well, you're going to talk about money. Here's the funny thing. The scripture does talk about seeds. When it talks about seeds, sometimes it talks about money, like in 2 Corinthians. That's not the major thing. So it says that if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. It's talking about finances there. But when it talks about seed... It means something more than money the vast majority of the time. So there's miracles that are in these seeds that God is talking about. If you would read the King James Version, oftentimes it will speak of the seed. When it speaks of the seed in the King James Version, it's speaking of your descendants, your offspring, the generations that will follow. Genesis 26, it says, Now there was a famine in the land... Beside the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants, or your seed, as numerous as as the stars in the sky, and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, or through your seed, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me 
and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. The miraculous potential that is in your offspring. That's what we want to talk about today. The miraculous potential that's in your seed. Perhaps some of you may have a hard time believing that. From the time Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau, were born, they were struggling with one another. The one little guy came out of the womb. It looked like he was wearing a sweater. He was so hairy. And that's why they named him Esau. It means that he was hairy. And so from the time that he was born, from the time he was just a child, he was an outdoorsman. He loved to hunt. Now, he made poor choices in the women that he chose. He caused his parents a lot of grief as a result of that. And his brother Jacob, he was a mama's boy. He always was hanging around the tent. He was a sneaky, conniving guy who people had a hard time trusting. He was known as a deceiver. But the word of the Lord said to Isaac that through your offspring, through your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. The promise was to them that in spite of in spite of these two brothers constantly being at each other's throat, in spite of the mistakes that they made, in spite of some of the things that they did, they were wrong, God made a promise to Jacob. And he said, listen, Jacob, through your offspring, all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Now, there's a portion of the verse that I want you to focus on. And I believe this, I believe that you and I need to recognize once again the miraculous potential that is in our seed. We need to recognize the miraculous potential that's in our children and that's in your grandchildren. What are the things that God can do through that young man or through that young woman, through that little baby who, maybe that little baby that holding even today, what is the potential that God has that he can accomplish through them? There's something that's important for us to look at, that last verse that we read. It says, God, through all the nations of the earth, they're going to be blessed. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through them. And it said this, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. Now you can't, I want you to understand this, you cannot... You can't save your own kids or your own grandkids. But friend, you and I have a responsibility, just like Abraham. In faith, he believed God. There's no grandchildren in heaven. Your grandchildren and children don't get in there as a result of your salvation. But I want you to know this, that you and I can set them up to be used mightily of God. Mom, grandmom, granddad, dad, we have the possibilities and the potential to train them in the ways of God. It was because of Abram's righteousness, not the righteousness of his own, but his faith in God, his obedience, his willingness to follow God's commands that he said, as a result of that, here's going to be what is produced through your children. Friend, you and I have this great responsibility to pass on a spiritual inheritance that we've been entrusted with so that the next generation will be able to surpass us 
and the things of God. I, you don't want just want your kids just to do as good as you did. We want our kids to surpass us. You don't want your grandchildren just to make it by. We want them to surpass us in the things of God. And that is possible as we equip them. We said this in, with our sacrifice offering, that it positions us to reach a little bit higher. Well, here's the reality. As you and I serve God with all of our hearts, as we pour our lives into our kids and into our grandkids, into our, our seed, into the generations, we position them to step upon our backs and reach a little bit higher than what we reached. We position them to go a little bit further into things of God, to be a little more used of God than what we were because we pour into them everything that God has given to us or shown us, we pour into their lives. And as a result of that, they're able to go a little further and accomplish a little bit more because they're standing upon a foundation that you and I have laid for them. I believe that there's something very special about our children about all the children of our church. And let me just say something to you, brothers and sisters, if you don't believe in them, who's going to? Please, just tell me who's going to. If you don't believe in them, if you don't trust God to do the miracles through their lives, if you're not expecting to do great th- God to do great things through your children and through your offspring and through your seed, who is going to believe for that? Who's going to have faith to see that come to pass? If you don't do it, who's going to? God's called you. He's placed you in that position of responsibility that you need to expect and believe and pray for and do everything within your power to see God's plans and purposes fulfilled for this seed that he's given to you. See, listen, our kids make mistakes. Our kids do dumb things. There's still miraculous potential in them. Jacob and Esau were clowns. But God still had a plan to use them. They were in some ways defective. That doesn't stop God. They had faults. They made wrong choices. That does not stop God from fulfilling his purposes and his plans through the generations that follow you. You grandmoms, I want to encourage you. You pour your heart. You pour your heart into that seed that God has given you. Those little grandkids, those great grandkids, you pour your life into them. You pour everything that God has poured into you, you pour it into them. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be embarrassed of it. You pour your life into those kids and see what God will do through them. There's a miracle in your offspring, friends. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. You hold on to the promises that God has given you. The second thing, when it talks about seed, another time in the scripture when it talks about seed, it's talking about faith. When it's talking about seed, it's talking about faith. In Luke chapter 17, verse 6, it's, we're going to talk about the miraculous potential of your faith. Luke 17, 6, it says, he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the small berry tree, be a plant uprooted, It planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Jesus compares our faith to that of a mustard seed. Friend, there's incredible potential in a small amount of faith. None of us could pick up one of those redwood trees. 4,000 tons. 4,000 tons. One tree can weigh. You could carry 
millions of seeds. Now, the potential that comes in your faith. Faith is the beginning. It is the seed of great things to come. Jesus told his disciples to have faith in God. What is the things that God's putting in your heart to believe him for? You may say, I don't see it or I don't know how it's going to come to a pass. But I want to encourage you to allow that seed of faith to grow and to watch what God will do. Let me hit on something quickly. Some, some of these seeds are ideas that God has placed in your mind. Do you realize that the largest corporations in the world today started as a seed? We look at something like Walmart. It started as a, a seed. It started as an idea in someone's mind. Microsoft, the billions of dollars that they make. All of the people that they employ, all of the people that they touch, you know how that started? Started as a seed in someone's mind. What are the things that God is putting upon your heart? What are the ideas that he's placing in your mind? What are those things that he's asking you to do for him or the endeavors that he's asking you to take? You may say, Pastor, I don't know how I could ever build a business that would serve, you have a million employees. Well, I don't imagine they knew how to do it then either. But God plants a seed within our hearts or within our, our minds of things that he desires for us to do. Some of you may be, be challenged to start a new business. And you're like, I don't know how I'll do it, but there's a seed of faith there. There's a thought there. There's an idea or to invent something, some kind of, of endeavor that God is asking you to do. It may be a ministry that God is calling you to or a community group that God's wanting you to start. Something in the community just to serve other people that God's putting on your heart. And it starts as an idea. It starts very small. It's just that kind of thing in the back of your mind, but it won't leave. Keep coming back to that. It's kind of like faith. It's, it's just a seed. It's something small. But as you start feeding that and watering that, and stand back and trust God and watch it grow, watch it develop. What will God do? With that little bit of faith. It says, if you have a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. What are the things that God is calling you to believe him for? What is it that your faith, that little bit of trust in God, that little bit of, it, it, some of us say, well, pastor, I don't have a whole lot of faith. You don't have to have a whole lot of faith. All you have to have is a seed of faith. Just a little bit. The faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed. And God will bring it to pass. Don't give up on the things that God's placing in your heart. If you have that faith, if you have that faith, there's the potential in that seed of faith for the miraculous to take place. And finally, when the Bible talks about the seed, another time when it talks about the seed, it's speaking of the word of God. Now, as I said to you, in 2 Corinthians 9, when it talks about the seed, it's talking about finances. But that's not the majority of the time that it's talking about. The majority of the time when it talks about seed, it's talking about your offspring. It's talking about the generations that will follow you. It's also talking about 
in this portion of Scripture, in Luke chapter 8, 4, the miraculous potential of God's word. And Jesus tells this parable, and it says, While a large crowd was gathering and the people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow a seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Others fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still others' seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. In this portion of Scripture, Jesus teaches the seed that is being sown is the Word of God. Friend, you and I need to plant that seed wherever we go. Wherever you go. See, here's the situation. Seed that's stuck in a barn, in a container, that's all it's ever going to be. That's all it's ever going to be. As long as it's, it can be in a, a nice, beautiful bin, well, that's all it's ever going to be. That it's reached its potential as long as it stays in a bin. Week after week, some of you are like a bin. The Word of God has been planted in your heart. You have more than enough. You've heard more than enough. Truthfully, if you worked on the things that you heard about the first year that you were saved and you could get those things taken care of, we'd probably be about 100 times more spiritually advanced than what we are now because we've received a lot of good instructions. And when you read the Word, it plants in our hearts. Everywhere that we go, you and I have the Word of God. Open your Bibles and read it. Hopefully you're reading your Word on a daily basis. Do not stop there. You need to take that word and spread it wherever you go because here's the reality. Everywhere you go, you have the answer to marriage problems. Throw some seed on it. You have the answer to family problems. Throw some seed on it. You have the answer to sickness and disease. Throw some seed on it. You have the answer to people's spiritual bondages. Throw the seed on it because the word does not return void. The word accomplishes, that Jesus promises us that his word will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. And as you and I take the word of God, wherever we go, day after day, when you do your devotions and God speaks to you in the morning, you need to spread that somewhere else because someone else needs to hear it. It's nice that you got it. The things that God is speaking to you, you and I have a responsibility that wherever we go, that we spread his word. You'd be surprised how many opportunities that God gives you to plant his word in somebody's heart. Drop a seed here, drop a seed there. And here's the thing. There's going to be some people's hearts who are hard and they'll reject it. Okay. There's going to be some people with that stony ground, they won't receive it. They'll reject it. But God has a way of softening up that soil. That seed doesn't go to waste. There's some people where the word is sown, the cares of this life, come in and strangle out the promises of God and that seed that's been planted. But there are some people, there are some places where the word of God is sown and there's a return of a hundred times over what you've sown. Friend, there's potential in this seed that God has placed in your heart. Those devotionals that you read, that's seed. When you read the scripture, it's seed. When you hear a message, that's seed for you. You got some of that seed. I want to encourage you day after day, just take it out and throw it in the yard. Just take it out and throw it across the fence on the neighbor. 
Take it to work with you. Throw a little bit of seed there and watch and stand back and see the miracle that God does in people's lives around you because you have been faithful to sow the seed that God has provided you with. Friends, listen to me. There's miracles. Listen, in this seed, in this word here, there's miracles. There's miracles that will take place in people's lives. People's lives will be radically transformed and you will have the honor Listen to me. The glory goes to God. But you'll have the honor of knowing, Lord, I was the one who threw that seed down there. Lord, do you see that marriage that's being restored? Lord, do you see that family that's being restored? I sowed some seed there. Lord, do you see that person's life that's transformed? Do you see that family? Do you see that guy who didn't want anything to do with God? And now him and his family are in church and his children are serving the Lord. And see, brother, that's when we start getting this exponential growth. You start sowing the seed in someone's life, the word of God in someone's life, dropping those nuggets whenever you get the opportunity, one after another. And what happens when that man gets saved, starts taking his wife to church, she gets saved, their kids grow up, serve the Lord with all their hearts, the grandkids, and you'll know what? When you stand before God, He's going to point out to you. I believe with all my heart, God's going to say, I want to show you when you planted that seed. Let me show you the harvest. You didn't get to see it with your natural eye. You didn't see all the things that I was going to do. But I want to show you the the network that I developed. I want to show you the lives that were touched as a result because you were faithful to sow that seed. As we conclude, I just want to remind you that, friends, there's a miracle in your seed. There's a miracle in your seed. Some of you got your grandkids, brothers and sisters. There's a miracle in that seed. You need to be praying for them. You need to be nurturing it. You need to be watering it every chance you get. So you have that opportunity, friends, to pour your life into those children and grandchildren. Jesus, help my friends today. Help us to be good stewards of the seed you've given us. God, we may think, well, Lord, I don't have much to give to you. I'm not as gifted as the person next to me, or I'm not as wealthy as the person next to me, or I'm not as talented, or I'm not as intelligent as the person next to me, or as favored. But God, I pray that you would show us the seed that you've given us. Show us the seed that's in our hands, Lord, and that we would start sowing that seed, whether it be your word, whether it be faith, whether it be our offspring. Help us to just to sow that seed, Lord, into your kingdom and stand back and watch what our God will do. Lord, be glorified and praised through everything we say and do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.